welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Well, thank you so much for allowing me to join you for worship this morning or afternoon or evening, whatever time it is that you are joining together. I'm honored to be here today at Kingdom Culture virtually, and uh, I'm so excited here in just a few moments. I am going to be bringing the word, so let's get tuned for that. Bless you guys. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited again. Uh, thank you to Sean, my friend, for having me be a guest. I know it's a uh, it's a big deal to to bring in guests to your to your home, basically your digital home right now with all the pandemic. And um, I'm just honored to be here with you all today. So excited, you know. Pastor Sean called me up and he said, "Listen, I want to kick 2021 off." with a big push on worship. And and he was sharing his heart with me how, man, 2021, it's going to be a year where we worship through whatever comes our way. And I said, man, you're talking my language. This is this is what I'm about. I'm all about that worship life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I wanted to give um, just a, a message, a quick message on the three purposes of worship. Um, there is a lot of talk out there right now on the how of worship, you know, um, people talking about, you know, here's how to play, how to sing. Um, But I think we're lacking in knowledge when it comes to the why of worship, because how many of you know that worship is not just playing or singing? Worship is our heart connecting with the heart of God. Worship is about gazing upon his beauty and growing in the knowledge of who he is. And obviously, that goes far beyond music and singing. Obviously, music and singing are one of the expressions or some of the expressions that we can do to to exalt the Lord, but you don't need to be a musician or a singer to be a worshiper. In fact, some of the most radical worshipers, some of the most wild worshipers I know are not uh, musicians and they're definitely not singers, you know, and that's fine. And that's completely fine. God is raising up uh, the body of Christ to the point where we understand that our worship life in him is just as important, if not the most important part of our devotional life with him. Maybe you've heard phrases like your prayer life. That's awesome. I want to begin to implement and help you begin to understand the idea of your worship life. Did you know your worship life is tremendously important because for all of eternity, we are going to be worshipers and lovers of God. In fact, worship is never going away ever again. I tell people this all the time. If you don't like long worship meetings, If you don't like to spend long hours in the place of his presence as you worship, then you're not going to like heaven very much either. It just comes down to that. 
I want you to begin to understand something. And here in a moment, we're going to pray and we're going to dive in. But I want you to begin to understand something, okay? I'm, I'm kind of trying to lay the, the foundation and for the context of where we're going to be going today and the three purposes of worship. I want you to begin to understand something. You are a worshiper first and in everything else second. You are a worshiper, comma, car salesman. <laughs> You're a worshiper, comma, lawyer. You're a worshiper, comma, pastor. You're a worshiper, comma, mom, dad. You're a worshiper first and in everything else second. You're a worshiper first, worshiper, comma, barista. <laughs> you are a worshiper first and in everything else second. Friends, this never goes away. For eternity, the way that God will be continually releasing his kingdom is through the place of worship. And here in just a moment, we're going to dive in. But one last thought on this is you have to understand we are worshipers first, everything else second. That means that our worship life is of utmost importance when it comes to our devotional life in God because we are always going to be doing this forever. This goes far beyond singing, far beyond playing instruments. This is about our hearts exalting Him. This is about us gazing on the beauty of the Lord and growing in the knowledge of who He is. This is never going away, okay? So let's pray. We're going to dive in and we're going to look at the three purposes of worship or in other words, the three whys of worship. Why do we do this? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for just crashing in on our hearts right now. Lord, I thank you for all these precious ones here at Kingdom Culture. Lord, would you open up our eyes? Would you open up our heart to see you more, Lord? Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, illuminate, illuminate the scriptures to us, we ask. In the name of Jesus, amen. <clears throat> you know, it's in incredible to me that in heaven right now, they're worshiping. It's incredible to me that Jesus, understanding that all of heaven is worshiping, Jesus began to pray a prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but I love when Jesus answers my prayers. It lets me know, wow, he actually heard me. Wow, something was, was going on behind the scenes. I didn't know it at the time, but now that I see the answer, I see the hand of God at work. It's a good feeling. Now, I don't know about you, but it's one thing for Jesus to answer your prayers. But did you know that Jesus himself had a prayer? And through the place of worship, you and I can actually answer the prayer of Jesus. <laughs> Incredible, right? Jesus's prayer sounded like this. Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Watch now. On earth as it is in heaven. Now again, what are they doing in heaven? They're worshiping. I'll tell you what they're not doing in heaven. They are not preaching to the lost. That's good, and we need to absolutely continue to preach to the lost now. What are they doing in heaven? They're not praying for the sick. Obviously, that's wonderful, and we need to continue to pray for the sick now, but what are they doing in heaven? Let me tell you, right now in heaven, 
Every single eye is upon one man. Every single song is about one man. All of heaven's gaze, all of heaven's attention, everything that's going on in that place is revolving around one person. And it is the Lamb of God who was slain to take away the sins of the earth, who is highly exalted at the right hand of the Father. No other name in heaven or earth has been given that is higher than his. He is worthy of it all. And all of heaven is exalting him and adoring him. The Bible calls it the, the church in heaven. You know, there's, a, there's not just a church on earth, there's a church in heaven. You got the, the great cloud of witnesses. You got the four living creatures. You got angels, 10,000 times 10,000. So millions of angels, all the saints that went ahead of us, all kinds of creatures that are in heaven. Some of them probably, we don't even know what they are yet. And all of them have their attention on the throne and on one person, on the Father, on the Son, and the Holy Spirit is there in our mi- in their midst and enabling them and, and giving them grace to exalt the Lord. And here's what Jesus said, Father, I want earth to look exactly like that. Now listen, you're going to begin, you're going to hear, if you haven't already, you're going to hear doctrines about, you know, when, it, when heaven comes to earth, it's about, you know, um, you know, there's no sickness in heaven. Absolutely. I agree with that. Or, you know, there's, there's no poverty in heaven. Absolutely. I agree with that. But the punchline of heaven coming to earth is that Jesus desires that earth would look exactly like heaven, meaning that your city, that my city, that we would be worshipers. And that is the prayer of Jesus. How many of you want to bless Jesus's heart? It feels good when he answers our prayers. Let's answer his prayer and let's begin to exalt him in the place of worship. Because when we do this, we are bringing heaven to earth. I mean, this is, this is so wonderful to me um, be, that the Lord would even allow us to step into this grace. Okay, so that's a little bit of context for where we're going today. I want to give you the the three purposes or the three whys. Why do we worship? I think we would be hard pressed to ask even most worship leaders, hey, hey, bro, hey, sis, why do we worship? I think we would be hard pressed even to ask most pastors, hey, why do we worship? Like worship is cool, but why? What's the why behind it? And the reason why I'm pushing so strong today on the why is because how many of you know, if you understand the why, then the how and the what come very, very easily. If you can understand the purpose behind something, then the the expression of it or the execution of it is going to be much easier. It's going to be much easier. And uh, before I dive into the three purposes, just want to give you one more thought when it comes to worship. I want to encourage you, listen, you will never worship. The reason why we have to learn the why of worship is because you will never worship beyond your understanding of the worth of God. In fact, the most radical worshipers are the ones with the most radical understanding of the worth of the beauty and the majesty of God. 
Extravagant worship is a byproduct of extravagant revelation of who he is. That's why we got to dive deep into the word and see why do we worship? Now, I've asked this question to different pastors, different worship leaders around the world, and uh, it's been wonderful. I've The Lord's been so sweet to me. I've been able to to go around the world. I've led worship in almost 80 different nations. I've been leading worship for 25 years, and the Lord's just been so sweet. Um, and through that journey, it's been interesting because I'm asking, you know, well-known pastors, worship leaders, leaders, hey, what's your take on worship? Why, why do we worship? And most could not say more than like, well, God is good and, you know, we, we worship him. Or, man, it's, it's all about the Lord. He's, he's awesome. And so we worship him. Yes, but why? Why? And because of that, that's why I want to take some time today and share with you. Let's dive into the three purposes or the three whys. Why do we worship? Purpose number one for why we worship. I want to dive into this. Now listen, before we go any further, I want to highly encourage you. There are many, many wonderful benefits of growing up in a church culture. But did you also know that sometimes there are some uh, troubles or dangers that can happen growing up in church culture? You might be going, Pino, what do you mean? Just follow me here. I grew up in church culture. It was awesome. A lot of benefits from that. But one of the dangers of growing up in church culture is that sometimes you are at a temptation to lose your wonder over certain scriptures, over certain subjects, over certain stories. And sometimes you can lose your wonder over the man Jesus because you're just like, oh, it's just John 3.16. What do you mean it's just John 3.16? I know that verse. I've been knowing that verse for a long time. But this, this is what I mean, okay? It's the difference between somebody growing up around a beautiful uh, sunset on a, a beach and they're there for 30 years and they just, eh, it's just a sunset. But if somebody who hadn't grown up around that and we go, oh my gosh, this is the most wonderful sunset on a beach I have ever seen. It's beautiful. That's wonder. And here's what I want to encourage you with. As we dive into the three purposes of worship, don't lose your wonder just because a couple of these concepts you may have heard before. I say it like this. The Israelites didn't perish for lack of wonders. The Israelites perished for lack of wonder. It's not that they didn't see God in the miracles It's not that they didn't have, I'm sorry, it's not that they didn't have a a lack of miracles, signs and wonders. It's that they couldn't see God in the everyday manna. It just became routine. And I think a lot of times for the body of Christ, especially in a church culture, some, some concepts and some scriptures can just become routine. Yeah, whatever. No, no, no. We need to get wonder back because wonder allows us to see things through the eyes of the kingdom and wonder positions our heart in order to be able to receive what God has because when you have the the gift of wonder, you can receive the kingdom like a child. Okay, so don't lose your wonder. Let's dive into purpose number one for why we worship. Purpose number one for why we worship. We worship because God is worthy. Now, this is the given. This is the duh. 
This is the one that you might lose your wonder over because you sing about the worth of God. You talk about the worth of God. You read about the the worth of God. But do you understand the infinite worth of God? Listen, God is not just worthy of our worship. God is infinitely worthy of our worship. God is not just worthy of our worship today. God is worthy of worship from all of history past for all 7 billion plus of us on the planet today and for all of eternity to come of his kingdom, there will be no end and God is infinitely worthy of it all and more. He's worthy of the love of the nations. The Bible says he is worthy of the love, come on, of the stars, the moon, the planets, come on, outer space, everything in heaven, in earth, under the earth. He's worthy of the worship of the angels, of the, the, the ocean tides, come on, of the, the trees and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air. He's worthy of it all and more. In fact, 24-7 worship is not radical 24 7 worship is a restraint because if we could give him 25 8 worship he would be worthy of it god is infinitely worthy of it all and more of his worth there is no end listen the reason why it is always appropriate to give him never-ending worship is because his worth is never-ending His beauty is never ending. His majesty is never ending. His wisdom is never ending. His goodness is never ending. His love is never ending. Therefore, our worship will be never ending because your worship should match his worth. In fact, one way to say it is worship can be seen as worthship. He's worthy of it. Why do we worship? Simply put, God is worthy. But you have to receive this concept, this this point number one, with the eyes of wonder. Because if you don't, just, ah, God's worthy. I knew about that. No, no, no. He's infinitely worthy. He's infinitely worthy. All right? So just for the sake of time, I'm going to move on because, you know, there, there has been some understanding of, you know, the worth of God, some songs and stuff. And I'm just praying today that you would just dive deep into understanding the worth of God. I'm telling you, if you want to be a radical worshiper in your generation, and you guys and gals know this just as much as I do, Canada needs a revival of radical worship to sweep the whole nation. Don't just be one who's on the sidelines. Go for it in your pursuit of him. Discover his worth. Grab hold of him through the study of the word and learn the worth of God. Because when you do, your worship should match his worth. God wants to see a radical sweeping of worship go through the nation of Canada. Anyways, for the sake of time, let's move on. So purpose number one for why we worship, God is worthy. Purpose number two for why we worship. Worship is all about agreement with God. In fact, prayer is agreement with what God said but worship is agreement with who God is. Worship brings us into agreement with God. It's not like God is just up there, you know, having a really rough day or he's this egotistic, like everybody worship me. He's, it's not like that. God in his wonderful majesty has said, I want to provide a way for you 
to get connected to me in the place of agreement because I don't know about you, but there is power in agreement. That's why we end our prayers with the word amen. The word amen means so be it. It's agreement with what we were just praying and asking for and believing for. The same thing goes for agreement with God in the place of worship. When we worship, our mindset comes into agreement with God's mindset. When we worship, our heart posture comes into agreement with God's heart posture. When we worship, our words come into agreement with God's words. Come on. When we worship, our reality comes into agreement with God's reality. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, one of us can send a thousand to flight, but two of us can send how many? Put it in the chats right there. Two of us send how many to flight? 10,000 to flight. That's the power of agreement. When we come into agreement with one another, there is a synergy that takes place that 10Xs whatever we are pressing in for, whatever we're believing for. Now, I have wonderful news for you. That verse is just talking about when one human comes into agreement with another human. What happens when we come into agreement with God? I will tell you what happens. We go from a realm where things are impossible and we tap into a realm where all things are possible. Because how many of you know God doesn't live in a realm of impossibility? God lives in a realm called exceedingly. God lives in a realm called abundantly. God lives in a realm called above all you could ask, above all you could think, above all you can imagine. You know, if you were to worship as much as you worry, we'd be seeing revival breaking out. You know, if, if, we, were to, if we were to give thanks as much as we complain, we would see personal revival. We'd be seeing regional revival. That We got to turn our worry into worship. We've got to turn our complaining into worship. Did you know that worry and worship cannot coexist? Anxiety and worship cannot coexist. Fear and worship cannot coexist. When you worship, you are bypassing your low reality and you are tapping in to his superior reality. Yes, there is truth, but then there is superior truth. I know times are hard for you or things are going on and, you know, it seems like you're not going to be able to make it. And that might be truthful in the natural, but I'm telling you, you got to get into agreement with God because when you do, God doesn't just say, look, you've made it to the waters. You're done. There's no way that it can work. God goes, no, no, no. I don't live by this lower reality. I live in a superior reality. And when you begin to worship, just like the story of Exodus, Miriam took her tambourine, began to worship, and worship brought the nation into agreement with God. And what happens? Moses lifts his staff, boom! The waters of impossibility are parted because when we worship, we get into agreement with God, who he is. And I'm telling you, worship changes the storyline. Worship changes the narrative. 
You might be facing some impossible situation. You might be facing uncertainty, but when you begin to worship, come on, when you begin to worship, you come into agreement with God's ability. You come into agreement with God's provision. You come into agreement with what God said. And I'm telling you, friends, you tap into that, uh, that, that Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all you could ask, think, or imagine. That's what you press into. That's what you tap into when you come into agreement with God in the place of worship. Okay, so let's do a recap. Purpose number one for why we worship, God is worthy. But don't just see it through eyes of, of dull, numb heart. See it through the eyes of wonder. God is worthy, purpose number one. Purpose number two for why we worship, because worship brings us into agreement with God. It helps us to tap in and not just see life in the storm, but to rise above the storm and see the storm from God's perspective. So number one, God is worthy. Number two, worship is all about agreement with God. And purpose number three for why we worship, let's go together here to Psalm 22, verse three. Psalm 22, verse three. Psalm 22, three says this. Again, don't lose your wonder because you may have heard this verse a time or two. Psalm 22, three says, the Lord is holy. He is enthroned on the praises of his people. When you worship, you are literally enthroning God on your praise. When you worship, I'm telling you, I grew up in a church. It's so funny. I grew up in a church, maybe like some of you guys, I grew up in a church where, thank God for the praying intercessory mothers, right? And these praying intercessory mothers, they would go to the back room and they would begin to intercede and have like spiritual warfare, you know, and uh, it was awesome. Thank God for them. And they come out a few hours later, hair's all messed up. Woo! It sounds like cats and dogs fighting in the back closet. And they come out and we go, my gosh, what the heck happened to you guys? Oh, we were in spiritual warfare. Woo! I'm telling you, thank God for them. But friends, there is a superior spiritual warfare. And my take on it is this. The best way to dethrone a power or a principality is not to yell at the devil. Yeah, I bind you, Lucifer, you, I bind this. Why waste another breath on the devil when you could simply bypass the second heaven and begin to worship not from earth's perspective to heaven, but you begin to worship from heaven's perspective to earth. The best way to dethrone a power or a principality is not to yell at the devil. It's to simply enthrone a greater power, a greater principality. The best way to do spiritual warfare is not to yell at the devil. It's to enthrone Jesus, the greatest power, the greatest principality upon our praises. Friends, I'm telling you what's going to happen when you get gripped with this reality. You begin to understand, oh my gosh, we can enthrone Jesus over our city. This morning as we are worshiping together, whether you are digital or however you experience it today, as we worship together, that wasn't just, uh, you know, we weren't just worshiping in this room. 
we were coming into agreement. We were exalting his beauty, exalting his worth. We were enthroning him and this room became a throne room. (laughs) Friends, this is absolutely remarkable to me. Absolutely mind-blowing that the God of all of the universe and all of eternity would say, listen, out of all of the places, this is mind-blowing, out of all of the places that God could choose to have his throne. The throne of God is not on Jupiter today. The throne of God is not on some distant star or some distant planet that's beautiful and awesome and we know nothing about it. He said, no, 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 all that's great, but I am so obsessed with you. (laughs) I am so in love with you that out of all the places in the universe that I could choose to have my throne, I want to put my throne in the midst of imperfect people's imperfect praise, their imperfect prayers, their imperfect worship, because I would rather be close to you than anywhere else in the universe. Friends, this is the goodness of God. This is the mercy of God. This is the love of God to show us his heart is that he would tabernacle with us. Turn to the end of the book, Revelation 22. It says, behold, the tabernacle of God is now with man. He will be their God and they will be his people. That's the punchline. That's the punchline. Why do we worship? Because when we worship, worship is a prophetic act against anything that says God cannot. When we worship, we enthrone him on our praises. When we worship, we come into agreement with who he is. When we worship, we exalt his beauty. We exalt his name and we grow in the knowledge of who he is. So let's do a quick recap today, okay? The three purposes of worship. Why do we worship? Purpose number one, why we worship, because God is infinitely worthy. Purpose number two for why we worship, worship is all about agreement with God. Purpose number three for why we worship, we worship and the the worship is all about enthroning God on our praises. Enthrone him over your marriage enthrone him over your children, enthrone him over your region, enthrone him over your financial situation. Friends, I'm telling you, get into worship, enthrone him, overthrow the enemy, not by yelling at the enemy, but by enthroning God, enthrone him. So here's what I want to do before we wrap up today. I want to just end with a quick story. And I hope this story just provokes you to become that worshiper, that wild, free, courageous worshiper that God has called you to be. Recently, I was on a flight from Washington, D.C. back to Austin, Texas. This is a few years ago. I live here in Austin. And on the, on the way there, I start to have this encounter. You ever had an encounter on an airplane? It's really hilarious. I'm on the plane, minding my own business, looking out the window, and all of a sudden, the love of God begins to hunt me down. (laughs) His love finds me at 30,000 feet. Then I begin to just feel the warmth of his love. And I'm tying all this back into why we worship the purposes of worship. I'm encountering his love and little by little, I just start getting emotional and I'm getting a little weepy. And you know, at at the, at the beginning, at first you could kind of play it off like, Oh, 
there's a little smoke in my eye, you know, like hopefully not on an airplane, actually. <laughs> we don't want no smoke in an airplane. And anyways, it gets to the point where after about five minutes, I'm having a full blown encounter with the love of God. I'm weeping, I'm crying. Oh Lord, because of what we do with, with worship and missions around the world, um, I'd been bumped up to first class, which I think is hilarious because I'm not the most first class looking kind of dude. And I'm sitting next to this first class looking dude. And he's like, oh my gosh, they're letting all these kinds of weirdos up here you know, and it's just, it's, I'm making a scene and I don't want to. The flight attendant comes up. She's like, Mr. Pino, are you okay? And I'm, all I can do is give her a thumbs up and just weep. <laughs> and it was, it was absolutely pathetic and wonderful all at the same time. And so I'm in this encounter and the, after a while, the only, I can get out one sentence. I can only push out one sentence from my heart to God. And I, I start saying this, Jesus your love is so amazing. And over and over, Jesus, your love is so amazing. Whew, I even feel it right now. Jesus, your love is so amazing. And as I'm, as I'm in this encounter with his love, all of a sudden I go into an open vision. And in this vision, it's like the plane disappears, the sky disappears, and I find myself, I am on my knees. And in this vision, I just know it's like I'm in the throne room of heaven. And I'm weeping just on my knees in this encounter, just weeping, weeping under the love of God. And to my surprise, I open my eyes in this vision and right there in front of me, right next to me is Jesus. And he's kneeling right next to me. And to my utter shocked surprise, just shocked. He, Jesus, he's weeping. He's losing it. Ooh, I mean, it is like, we're both ugly crying. <laughs> we're just losing it. And it was so shocking. Cause you know, when you picture Jesus, you picture like majesty, beauty, honor, and all those things that he is. But I had never seen him in this kind of light before. Like Jesus, Jesus, you're ugly crying right now. He's like, oh, and it appeared like he was having the exact same encounter as I was. And then Jesus, he says a sentence and it has forever changed my life. And I want to end today's message by hopefully provoking you to become that worshiper that he has called you to be. I'm sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. It seems like we're both having some kind of encounter. It's a good one. And remember, I'm the whole time I'm just going, Jesus, your love is so amazing. Jesus, your love is so amazing. I look at him trying to figure out what's going on. Jesus looks at me in this, in, in this vision and he says, Rick, your love is so amazing. And it was in that moment that I understood it's one thing for the love of God to touch humanity. That's awesome. But it's another reality when we begin to understand that the love of, of humanity can touch God. How does this happen? It happens through the place of worship. Friends, I'm telling you, you know, this morning in worship or this afternoon, morning, whatever time it is where you're, when you're watching this, 
This morning in the place of worship, we're saying we want your presence, nothing else but your presence. I want to provoke you today. Have you ever considered it's not just us crying out for his presence? He's also crying out for our presence. Love is is so powerful that I'm telling you, friends, listen, and this is what I want to end on. Worship is not just a monologue where we show up, sing a couple songs, and then it gets us ready for the message. Worship is not a monologue. Worship is a dialogue. Worship is more circular than it is linear, meaning it's not just, okay, how fast can we get from point A to point B, and then let's get ready for the message. Worship is the message, In the place of worship, we should be dialoguing, not that God worships man because he absolutely does not, but he talks to us. Zephaniah chapter three says he sings over us. He dances over us. Like he just wants to be involved in the process. Friends, when we begin to understand the larger reason behind why we worship, your life will be absolutely transformed. Your family's life will be absolutely transformed. Your region, your city, and even your nation will be completely transformed when we begin to understand that our worship is powerful, that when we give our love to him, it is absolutely powerful and it moves his heart. That it's not just us going, Jesus, we want your presence. He said, he's saying, I love you so much. I want to spend time in your presence. Friends, we need to begin to catch on to the, to the dialogue of worship, okay? So as we, as we close in today's message, just a recap, three purposes for why we worship. Purpose number one, God is worthy. Purpose number two, worship is all about agreement with God. Purpose number three, when we worship, we enthrone Him on our praises. Now, as we close, I just want to pray over you. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to grip you Because like we mentioned at the very beginning of today's message, this has less to do with singing and playing, and it has more to do with gazing on his beauty, exalting him in his goodness, and growing in the knowledge of who he is. That is what worship is all about. And friends, our worship can change history. Our worship can move the heart of God. Our worship can see powers and principalities pull down as we enthrone him on our praises. Come on, I hope you're encouraged today. Come on, just lift your hands. Holy Spirit, right now, I thank you for all those who are part of kingdom culture. Lord, I thank you for Sean and just for the team there, Lord, for his family. God, that you just begin to do something so powerful this year, Lord, in the place of worship. Lord, we're asking right now that you would shake Canada. Lord, that you would shake Canada with your presence, with your power, with your goodness. Lord, we're asking right now that Lord, even out of kingdom culture, Lord, out of this community, Lord, that your light would just explode out of this place. Lord, that you would cause them to be raised up as that burning, shining lamp that you have called them to be. And Lord, I'm asking, you would raise this house up as a house of worship, as a house of praise. Lord, as ones, as lovers of your presence. Lord, not just people who are going through the church motions, but Lord, those who really love you and who really want to encounter you, and who really want to enjoy you, who really want to talk to you and spend time with you in the place of worship. Lord, release a worship revival into this community and into the nation of Canada, we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad, I'm so honored I got to be here with you. I hope you're encouraged. Stay connected with all that we're doing on social media. We're all over Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, TikTok, for all you TikTokers. Um, just search my name, Rick Pino. I would love to stay connected to you. Putting out um, daily content on worship and a lot of other things. Would love to stay connected to you. Bless you. Thanks again so much for having me today, Kingdom Culture. We love you. We'll see you soon. Wow, what an incredible word. End time of worship with Rick Pino. Man, I love Rick. Mm -hmm. Super excited that we got to host him. Such an amazing privilege. I hope you guys enjoyed. But above all that, if you were impacted by this message, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to make the best decision that you can make today to worship the creator of all things, the one that sent his only begotten son for us so that we can have eternal life, I want to invite you, if you want to make this very important decision in your life, to repeat this prayer after me. And remember, if you simply declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So please pray this prayer after me if you want to make this decision. Say, Jesus, I invite you to come and live in my heart. I give it all to you. I ask forgiveness for all my sins. I want new life with you. I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. I want to walk in newness of life. I give to you my past, my present, and my future. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you said that, guys, email us. We want to get connected with you. Prayer at kingdomculture.ca is the best email for you. We want to send some resources your way. We want to get connected, get you connected to the house. We love you so much. God bless you and... Have an amazing week. Bye. Bye.